Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, this is the fourth in the part of the series, Lo, he comes with clouds descending, faithful watching, faithful watching and waiting. Here, first Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While the people are saying, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labors come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in the darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet of hope of salvation. For God has de not destined us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you have been doing. You may be seated. Well, after last Wednesday's sermon, you may be wondering if Dr. Lessing got a ticket ride from Atlanta to St. Louis. Well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is that Lessing was moved from standby to a ticketed passenger. The bad news is that his flight was delayed several hours. Have you had that experience? Sue and I did. Coming back from Dallas-Fort Worth after visiting our son and his family, our early, early in our flight we heard a bang underneath the plane. After an hour in the air, the announcement was made that we had lost hydraulic fluid and we were to return to the airport. We landed and found out that a tire had blown and damaged the oil line. The good news? We got home. The bad news? Well, after broken promises for a quick repair, waiting for a different plane, and then finally the meal carts coming out, yes, we ended up waiting for hours. Airports, airplanes, terminals, travel. Have you ever noticed, though, that when flights are delayed, you can divide people into five different groups? I've seen them, and I bet you've seen them too, I'm sure. First, there are the pushers. They push for the information. They elbow their way up to the ticket counter, demanding, when is the plane going to arrive? I need the exact time. Then there are the doubters. After a few minutes of waiting, the doubters announce, this plane will never arrive. I'm not sitting here one more minute. I'm renting a car and going to my destination. And then there are the sleepers. Some snore, others drop their jaw wide open, even hang their head and drool. 
it's not really a very pretty picture. You know, there might even be that complete stranger that goes ahead and uses your shoulder as a pillow. And then there are the players saying, hey, the plane's delayed, great, let's go back to the bar. Have a few more drinks, play ga cards, games on the phone, even party. And finally, there's the soldiers. Soldiers. Yes, soldiers, you know, those people that are alert, on guard, ready at a moment's notice to march onto the plane. The question is, is what kind of people are you? When it comes to waiting for a plane to arrive. Or more importantly, what kind of person are you when it comes waiting for Christ to arrive? Today we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 with the theme, Faithful Watching and Waiting. The pushers. The pushers, as you may recall, need the exact times and the dates, much like a man named Edgar Weisheit. Edgar was a NASA engineer who used his mathematical skills to set the date of Christ's second return. He even wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Take Place in 1988. Edgar was so certain that Jesus would return on September 10th, 1988, that he said, if I'm wrong, then the scripture is mistaken. Apparently, Edgar never read this scripture from Mark chapter 13. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. No one knows. But amazingly, Edgar Weisheit said, I know. September 11th, September 10th, 1988 came and went. And you're still here. No one knows. That's what Paul says too. Now, brothers, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And you know how a thief comes? He doesn't announce with trumpets. He comes unexpectedly without warning. He doesn't call ahead. And so Christ will come like a thief in the night. We cannot demand the exact times and the dates like the pushers. And then there are the doubters. Let's read this together. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Well, when Dr. Lessing was 20 years old, he had this wild idea he was going to visit his girlfriend in Waco, Texas. He drove all night from Seward, Nebraska to Waco to surprise his girlfriend. Well, just south of Oklahoma City, the oil light started blinking what did he say? Ah, fine, peace and safety. Just south of Dallas, the oil light began blinking some more. What did he say? Peace and safety. Then just north of Waco, Texas, the light came on and stayed on. What did he say? Just a few more miles, peace and safety. And then all of a sudden, destruction 
came on suddenly. The engine blew. You know, we can go ahead and say peace and safety all we want. We can doubt the reality all we want. We can ignore the blinking red light of the scriptures all we want. Christ died, Christ rose again, and Christ certainly will return and come again. Please don't join the doubters. Then there are the sleepers, right? Let's read this together. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. It's easy to become apathetic and indifferent. That is to Christ's second coming, because waiting is hard. That's why we become spiritual sleepers. You see, our pet sins give us some Advil PM. They put on some soft music. And before we know it, we're sound asleep. Some are in spiritual lacomas. Others are spiritual Rip Van Winkles. But Paul says, be alert. Be self-controlled. Don't be a sleeper. Oh, yes, and the players. And those who get drunk get drunk at night. Abraham Lincoln died, Woodrow Wilson and Babe Ruth, and John Kennedy died, and so did Princess Diana. Well, yes, we're all bound to die. In our world, two people die every second. That means 155,000 people die every day. 57 million people die every year. Woody Allen speaks for a lot of us. He said, you know, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be around there when it happens. Players deny that time is running out like the beginning of, a, like the beginning of the movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Players ignore the biblical warnings. Players have a great time. Let's party. Well, let's not be a player. Let's go instead to Alaska and meet Carl McCunn. Carl McCunn prepared for an Alaskan adventure that still has people talking. In March 1981, Carl was dropped into a remote place near the Colleen River, 70 miles north of Fort Yukon. He had two rifles, a shotgun, 1,400 pounds of supplies, and five rolls of film. So Carl began his adventure completely unaware of one detail that would cost him his life. He made no arrangements for anybody to pick him up. In August of that year, Carl wrote in his diary an understatement the size of Mount McKinley. I should have planned for my departure. In late November of 1981, Trapped without no exit plan, he died in the Alaskan wilderness. Carl McCullen forgot one basic truth. Every trip must come to an end. Every trip must come to an end, and so will yours, so will mine. So what is our exit strategy? How will we make it from this life to the next? Well, Paul says not to join the pushers, the doubters, the sleepers, or the players 
On the other hand, Paul does say that we ought to be a soldier. A soldier. Remember? Soldiers stand attention. Soldiers are alert. Soldiers are prepared at a moment's notice. So we read together. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of the salvation as a helmet. When it comes to Christ's return, there's a battle going on for my heart and for my head. The enemy wants to harden my heart and he wants to mess with my mind. The enemy's goal is to take away my Christmas gift to tell me that it's not important, to get me to exchange it for something else. You know about the best Christmas gift. It doesn't take any batteries. It will never break. There are no shipping costs. In fact, there are no costs at all. And this gift is the very one that we need. Please don't ever exchange it. For the gift is Jesus. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the King of kings who destroys the devil, a death and the devil. Jesus, the Lord of lords who is coming again to make all things new, even you. Fellow soldiers, put on your breastplate, the breastplate of faith and hope and your helmet of salvation. Guard your heart and your head. Fight tooth and nail to hold on to this gift of Jesus Christ all the days of your life. What's at stake? Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Once for every sinner slain, thousand, thousand saints attending swell the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Christ the Lord returns to reign. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.